Abundance of love, abundance of grace. Now to that cross, you took my place. Oh God, you take my ransom. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people. Now, here's Pastor Scott. In Acts chapter 8, verse 36, the Bible says, As they rode along, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? And I will preach to you this morning from a sermon titled, Baptism Must Be Done the Right Way. Look at somebody and say, Right Way. Pray with me. God, thank you for your word. God, I thank you for telling us what is right. And Lord, I pray right now that you would hide me behind the cross and anoint my mind to say only those things that would honor you, God. I pray that you would teach us by your spirit from your word in Jesus' name. Amen. We've got baptism coming up next Sunday night, and you, I don't know if you've signed up yet or not, but I hope you will. If you need to be baptized the right way, then this is going to be a great time in your life. And baptism is one of those hotly debated topics in theology. It's one of those topics that is so hotly debated, some people have broke off from their former churches and started whole new denominations surrounding baptism. And listen, Scott Becker doesn't have the answers. Your favorite denomination doesn't have the answers, Church of God. Uh, Assembly of God, Church of God in Christ, Church of God on Sunday morning, Church of God by the side of the road in Jesus' name, only incorporated through our three sisters of Mary. None of them have all the right answers, but the Bible always has the right answer. And we need to know proper theology, and proper theology always comes from God's Word. But some people preach, and you might believe this, that you have to be baptized to be saved. And surely you've got verses on your side. For that, that theory, uh, the Bible says, uh, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And you can lynch your whole theology on that if you want to, or you can look broader. If you don't hear anything I have to say today, please hear this. Please focus long enough to hear this. Bad theology will always be cured by the bulk text theory. I've talked to you about hermeneutics a lot. At Abundant Life, we're a Bible-teaching church, and the bulk text theory says that you should only develop dogma, things that you are really willing to say, I know that I know, around subjects that have a lot of material on them. And some of you already know where I'm going to go to to discredit people who don't follow the the bulk text theory. In St. Mark's Gospel, in the last chapter, there's 14 verses there that have been problematic for many theologians. Not problematic for me. God wants them there or they wouldn't be there. It's all true or it wouldn't be in the book. If if, if you doubt what's in the book, you have no ability to move forward in your spirituality as a Christian. But in one place, in in one verse, at the end of Mark's gospel, uh, he said something that created a whole new denomination. Listen. I've been part of several denominations. I was born into the Roman Catholic Church. Um, I went to a brethren church. 
I went to a Baptist church, an Assembly of God church. I went to a full-blown, uh, jumping, literally jumping over pews, charismatic church. Um, but I will never be a part of the denomination that was founded off this portion of one verse at the end of uh, Mark's gospel. That's those uh, Kentucky-only, West Virginia-only crowd that are snake-handling churches. The Bible says in an obscure passage with very little context around it that true Christians would be able to take up serpents and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. That's all in the same phraseology, but I don't know why they, well, I do know why they did without the one. It says you can take up serpents, they won't hurt you, and you can drink any deadly thing and it won't hurt you. Now, there's lots of churches in that uh, West Virginia area that still do snake handling. I'm talking about the preacher brings out a box. Uh, we could test him up. We, we could bring, and just, you got to reach in there and grab a rattlesnake and just lift it up and say, I, I believe in God. Uh, and then that snake bites you, and we say, well, you know, he wasn't the one. We'll keep praying for you. Uh, <laughs> jokes, jokes. Uh, but that's what they do. Now, let me tell you something. We, we might do some, some different things at Abundant Life, but we're not going to bring out a box of snakes and ask anybody to reach their hand in and grab a snake. That, that's just foolishness. And, and what's even more foolish, if they really are doing it because it, it says it, to do it in the Bible, well, don't stop at half the verse. Break out the bleach, bruh. Where are you at? You, you want to handle a serpent and it not hurt you? The very next phrase said, and you could drink any deadly thing and it won't hurt you. Uh, there is not one other phrase, not one other portion of a half of a quarter of a verse that says anything similar to any of that in all of the Bible. So the best thing to do with that is to say God knows what it means, uh, but I'm busy concentrating on uh, live right, act right, pray right, be right, give right, serve right, uh, do the right thing. Uh, I, you know, I'll figure out what, what this whole snake thing. Now, actually, I have some theology behind it. If you ever want to have a good Bible study, uh, hit me up on text, email me, and, and we'll work through that scripture together. But the things that you need to be sure about are the things in the Bible that have a lot of information on that particular subject. And there's a lot of information in the Bible on baptism. Do not be obscure in your research. Always look for large amounts of information to support your theology because the bulk text theory will keep you safe. I, have, I was teaching to somebody this week in a counseling session, and they said, well, what about this? Well, what about that? Well, what about this? Well, what about that? And I told them, at some point, you're just going to have to accept that God knows everything and we can't figure it out with our human brain. That our brain is finite, but God is infinite. God is bigger. His ways are beyond finding out at times, the Bible tells us. But when it comes to baptism, the body of Christ should not be divided on baptism. When it comes to baptism, there should not be this denominational divide. Do you realize that no one in the church of Christ thinks that anyone in this room is saved? Facts. Well, may, maybe they might think you are if you're, you know, secretly Church of Christ. And we got people from all types of denominations, and I am cool with that. But uh, the Church of Christ believes that 
baptism is what saves you. And that's unbiblical. Uh, we don't teach that. Uh, the greatest preacher on the planet, for me, uh, I, I, I think he's the greatest orator, and he's a storyteller. And I just, I, I, love, I don't agree with all his theology, and neither do you, no matter what you think. Anybody ever heard of a man uh, named uh, T.D. Jakes? Of course you have. Bishop T.D. Jakes uh, is one of the greatest storytellers to, to ever grace a pulpit. He's one of the, the best uh, speakers on the planet. He doesn't believe that you're saved unless you were baptized in Jesus' name only, not in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. But what did Jesus tell his disciples in the Great Commission? Go ye therefore teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now you got T.D. Jakes and a whole denomination of people out there saying, oh, no, we baptize in Jesus only because they're Unitarians. They don't believe in the Trinity, and they don't baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And some of you are taken aback by that. Don't look it up now, but look it up later. And Bishop Jakes has done a good job of distancing himself from that and uh, saying that there are broader things to focus on, and I would agree with him, but we also need to understand what it takes to be saved. Amen? Some preach that you got to be baptized to be saved. Some people teach sprinkling, dipping, dunking, splashing, um, and we've got people in this room that have had some measure of all that. I told y'all. Um, yeah, I know you don't remember how old I was, Mom, but it... Do, do you have, do, can you nail it down? Was it the first year of my life you put that white dress on me and got me christened in the Catholic Church? Hmm? Two to three months old? Yeah, people wonder why that church is off the rails. You tell a man he, 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 he can't be married, and you start dressing up boys in white dresses and having him hold them while somebody pours water on them. Listen, that's not biblical. That's nowhere in the Bible. Uh, infant baptism is not in the Bible. Uh, but I had it done to me. Some of y'all have been poured on. Some of y'all have had the priest just swat water at you. Um, none of the sprinkle, splashed, um, none, of, none of that is biblical. Some teach baptism is a requirement for salvation, while other people teach it's just a symbolic act with little importance. And we got to figure out who's right and who's wrong. As is the consistent reality with me, the tr I don't believe the truth is always in the middle. But it typically is not on the extremes. People like to say, well, the truth's somewhere in the middle. Not necessarily, because if you say, because uh, there are professors in seminaries all across the world that say that Jesus didn't walk on the water. He walked beside the water because it wouldn't be physically possible for a human being to walk on water. And they show different manuscripts as to how they got that theory but if you said jesus didn't walk on the water and i say jesus did walk on the water the truth's not in the middle the truth's fully with me at that point now i'm fully capable of being wrong and there's lots of things i was wrong about the theologically and over the 40-year course of doing this i've changed my position on things that i found to be wrong and i'm more than willing to do that but I want you to have a theological basis for what you believe. That's why everything we do at Abundant Life, we have a chapter and a verse for. We are bound by the word of God. We, we, we don't do things that, that stray outside of the word of God. That's why we don't have car washes. And I'm not mad at churches that do. We don't have uh, bazaars and, and flea markets. And uh, we give it away every month. And then the, the people that take us from it, they go have a flea market. Drive around on a Sunday. 
through the neighborhood. He'd be like, I think that, was, that, that shirt was at Food and Clothing. It's hanging on a chain-link fence right now with a 50-cent sign on it. Isn't that right? We don't do those things. Somebody that's listening, paying attention, or been here for more than a month, tell me, why don't we do those things? Because they're not in the Bible. We want to stay with the word. Because every question in life can be solved if you go to the right place. If, if you go to the right place for the answer, you shouldn't pull up to McDonald's and order a Whopper. They don't have it. You shouldn't uh, pull up to McDonald's and order Dave's Double because they don't have that either. That's a Wendy's exclusive. you got to go to the right place to get the right answer. And I'm going to give you three ways that most people try to determine what's right and wrong. And I feel so compelled to throw in two, two words right now because they're hot garbage served on a sewer pit of a septic tank for them. Y'all, y'all missed the long bracketed, the long bracketed statement threw y'all off. What is right for them? What? That's the dumbest bunch of stuff. There is nothing that is right for you biblically, theologically, that is wrong for someone else. There's nothing that is wrong for you that is right for someone else. The Bible says that the scriptures of no private interpretation. It can't mean one thing to you. And Well, my truth. You don't possess truth. We are not the possessors of all truth. We, you just can't. Ma- well, uh, well, the way I see it, it's not important. Well, how dare you? I'll say it again. It's not important. It's not important what I think. What I think can't help you. But, but the word of God can. But people want to go, well, my truth is, well, see, I think that times have changed and, and, and you know, God, has, 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 no, God, times have changed, but God didn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He said his word will never pass away. Jesus said not, not one jot or one tittle, not a comma or an apostrophe will ever be taken out of this book. If God was ever for it, he's still for it. Three people said amen. Let, let, let's, let's try this one over here. If God was ever against it, he's still against it. Mm. Well, that's just hateful. That's just narrow-minded. That's just bigoted. That, that's just uh, all, all, every, every word you want to make up right there. Really, it's not. Really, it's not. If, if your house catches on fire tonight and you have someone that lives in there that's family to you and they decide, uh, like, if Jimmy woke up and the house was on fire and you were sleeping, uh, and he decided, you know what, she works hard, she's tired, she probably doesn't want to wake me up, she probably doesn't believe the house is really on fire, I'm not going to force my view on her, I'm just going to get safely outside and let her figure out her own path in life. That's not love. That, and, and listen, when it comes to tolerance, let me tell you who the least tolerant human being that ever lived on the planet was, Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the only way to heaven. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. He he said, I'm the door that you can enter in through, and if anyone tries any other way other than me, they are a thief and a liar. So let's look at how people determine what is right and wrong. And if you ever hear someone say, well, my truth, or uh, that may work for you, but you, you know they've been... Uh, under some really bad teaching, and they think that truth is subjective, and, and, and truth is not. But some people, 
stick with what they think is right. That's, that's the my truth crowd. Woo. Um, so any, anything can fly. Uh, you, you, you can just be anything. I, I already told y'all, uh, I'm, I'm seriously consist- considering transitioning uh, and entering the 60 and over Olympics. <laughs> Y'all think I won't win. I will. That's a joke, but how ridiculous is that? How ridiculous is that? Uh, I, I saw a guy talking on uh, a, a podcast, and he was talking to a, a woman and um, about identifying as whatever you want to identify as. And this was an old white dude, and he said, can I identify as black? She said, now you're just being silly. He said, oh, but you, you go from man to woman, but I, I, I can't identify as black? She said, well, if you really want to. He said, can I identify as a black lip? She just got up and walked off. The arguments that people come up with when they are trying to defend an undefendable position is often silly, and we, we need to understand um, that if it doesn't make sense, uh, you, you probably are going down the wrong road. And people always end, well, let's just agree to disagree. Uh, well, sometimes that's the best thing to do. And I've told you all, you can disagree with me about anything and be an elder in this church, be a leader in this church. You don't have to agree with my position about anything personal, biblical, philosophical, other than the fact that Jesus is the only way to heaven. See, we're not all the children of God because we agree on every doctrine. We're the children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. And we, we've got we've to learn how to make the decision right and go through the right process. And let me say this to you. Some of you will be offended by this, but that's okay. Uh, the Bible says if you correct a foolish person, they'll hate you. But if you correct a wise person, they will love you and grow wiser. Uh, the, we, we, we've got to understand that... We need more than just our own thoughts to make big decisions. It's a fool that decides everything for themselves. The Bible says there's safety in a multitude of counselors and that you shouldn't wage a battle without first counting the cost. Don't don't just go off and say, well, that's just what I believe. Based on what? Just what I believe. Uh, What's the Bible say about it? It's just what I believe. That's, that's, not, that's not good for eternal matters, and that's not good. We say that God is the most important thing in our life, but we can't defend our positions biblically. Uh, there's a real problem with that. In Proverbs 21.2, the Bible says, Every man's way is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the hearts. Every Listen, if, if we were up here promoting Catholicism, I, I could throw Bible verses at you that supported Catholicism. If we were up here promoting splashing and sprinkling, I could throw verses at you there. I could, uh, people can take a little bit from here and a little bit from there. Next thing you know, you're asking 10-year-olds to grab a rattlesnake out of a box and acting like it's their fault when they get bit. People assume that their way is right because they're only looking at it through their own eyes. The second way people try to make their decision is some people stick with what they're taught. And this is a very difficult place to be in because theologians have determined one of the greatest things to overcome in life is the law of first truth. It's how you learned it as a child. It's how Bishop Bobo taught it 
uh, when you were sitting on grandmama's lap. It's how Pastor Jones taught you when you were just a little kid. But we need to understand whether it's me, Bishop Jakes, or whoever uh, your man or woman of God is, people can be wrong. Mm. So, some people just stick with what they're talking Well, what if you learned wrong? We, we adopt all types of foolish statements as truth. Um, so, some of you believe practice makes perfect. It doesn't. It doesn't at all. If you're shooting the ball wrong um, in, in basketball, you can. When you shoot a basketball, here, here's what happens. If you, by the time you're 12 years old, you should quit pushing that ball with two hands from your chest, right or wrong. When you shoot a basketball, you need to raise the basketball up over your head, bend your elbow back to here, release it there, and put your hand in the cookie jar, right or wrong. That's how you shoot a basketball. Shooting like this is for eight-year-olds. Now, if you went out there and told a bunch of high school basketball players, okay, I want you guys to practice your shot from here. They could practice forever, and anybody within a foot shorter than them could block their shot from their chest. That's just not how you do it. Practice doesn't make perfect proper practice. Practicing the right thing can get you better at something, and, and then, I mean, it's all types of wild, crazy stuff. Uh, in today's proverb, there, there's a verse of scripture in the King James. It says, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. He says he didn't drink, but his heart is not with you. People took that verse, the half of that verse, and made an entire church doctrine out of it to say, you are what you think you are. As he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Well, if you read that verse in the Hebrew, or even if you use a more modern translation, it will say, for he is like someone calculating the cost in his head, but telling you, eat all you want. That's not the same as however you think in your heart, that's what you are. The Bible doesn't teach that anywhere. Uh, What it it teaches is if somebody is telling you, listen, if you come to cards night and there's only eight uh, pigs in a blanket left on a tray and I'm behind you and you look at me and you're like, were you going to eat these, Pastor? I can get this fat not eating. Yeah, but that's not what I'm going to say. You know, I got, you know, I've been in church more than more a minute. I, I, I would tell them, you know, oh, go ahead. If you want them, that's what they're here for. You go ahead. And the whole time I'm counting them. Eight. Gonna take all eight? What kind of human being gonna take the last eight pigs in a blank? My kid's scared to death to eat that last anything. We throw away bo- a, every, every, every month, we throw away a box of pizza with a slice in it. Well, I didn't want to eat the last slice, Dad. That's code for I know how you are. <laughs> I'm sitting there. One, seven left, two. Grab two at one time. Let's slow down. While I'm saying take all you want, but I'm calculating in my mind, this dirtbag ain't going to leave me near pig in the blanket. Am I really being generous? Are my words? Oh, eat all you want, he says. Drink all you want. Take whatever you want. While the whole time he's thinking, look at this fool over here stealing. That has nothing to do with as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. 
Listen, if you don't believe me, why don't you think you're a seven foot nine? Well, that worked for you. Seven foot nine <laughs> basketball player that can jump out of the gym and windmill and dunk behind your back between your legs. Never been done before. And it's not going to get done by just thinking about it. Uh, but some people were taught the wrong thing. If you were taught wrong about lifting your hand, I, I was, when I first got saved, I was in a church, you only lifted your hands if you had a question or if you were sneaking out of the room. That's, that's churchism for, uh, and you just, people are like, I don't want to disturb anybody. Well, put your hand down. Church folk, man. But some churches don't raise their hands. The Bible commands us to raise their hands. Some people don't, weren't taught in their first church proper uh, theology about spiritual gifts or praise and worship or different translations or uh, whatever it might be. The church I got saved in told us women shouldn't preach. Uh, and I, I, okay, well, that's what the pastor said. And he had, you know, five different Bible verses to say why that they shouldn't. But as I kept reading and I kept reading and growing, I realized the Bible says in the last days God's going to pour his spirit out on all flesh and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. That's to speak for God. And that women ought to be preaching all the time. Mm, see, if y'all would have came last two Wednesday nights ago, you'd have got an hour worth of that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it was good, though. It, it, hopefully it helped somebody. But if you stay with what you were taught, then you make no allowance for, well, what if I was taught wrong? See, because I believe that you, there, there are very sincere people out there that, that are teaching the Bible. But you, you can be sincere and wrong. You're just sincerely wrong. doesn't make them a bad person. I've taught stuff that I've had to backtrack on, um, wh- whether it's tongues, healings, women, preaching, um, or any. A group of things, but when you were taught it early in your Christian life, that's a hard one to break from. Oh, well, are y'all a foot washing church? Uh, why in the world would anybody ask me that? I get people ask, what y'all believe about foot washing? Uh, we believe you should wash your feet every day, and I mean, <laughs> bend over, wrap a washcloth, a, a soap filled washcloth, get off that bath gel, you ain't get clean that way. Wrap a soap-filled washcloth around that foot and scrub it bottom to top. That's what we believe about foot washing. It's not a sacrament. God has not commanded us to hold foot washing. Churches do it, though. They got their special days of the year picked out where they're going to do foot washing. Uh, Listen, I ain't big on feet. Especially yours. Well, I get a gag reflex going. You pull, you pull them crusty dusties out from under that shoe and sock. Hit me with a, a two-inch thick nail fungus. It, service is over. Pastor had to go home. If it was biblical, I'd stomach through it, but it's not. They washed each other's feet because their feet were dirty, and it was customary uh, as a show of hospitality. And I've told you many times, modern-day foot washing would be more in line with cutting your neighbor's grass 
in, 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 in the sunshine state where it rains every day and grass grows. If, man, if you wait, wait two weeks to cut your grass and see what I'm talking about. It's not, not going to go good for you. But if you were taught something early, it's hard to break from it. But sometimes what we were taught is wrong. I, I was in a church one time, and the pastor said, tomorrow night we'll be going out on soul winning visitation. Y'all know what that means. And in case some of you visitors don't know what that means, that means men in suits, women in dresses. I got to wear a suit to go tell somebody about Jesus? That ain't in the Bible. So I started seeing all these things, and some people just stick with what they were taught. Listen to what the Bible says in Mark chapter 7. Jesus replied, you hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you, for he wrote, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. That's ouch, oh my goodness, and look out. Because there are a lot of people out there that are convinced that they're right. Every, every, everyone's right in their own eyes, the Bible says. But that in, that in leads in death. Here there's a group of people uh, that are still here um, on the earth today that speak out of their lips what they don't live out of their lifestyle. Verse 7 says, their worship is a farce, for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God, for you ignore God's law and substitute your own tradition. And this is why most denominations do what they do, because it's their tradition. If you've ever been in a Catholic church, you did a whole lot of standing up, kneeling, sitting down, standing up, kneeling, sitting down, standing up, kneeling, repeating what was said, finishing a dude's sentence for him. Um, you, you, you had a lot of that going on. From the time you walk in the back door, any Catholic, if you're a former Catholic, what are you supposed to do when you walk in the back door of a Catholic church? You got to hit that holy water. You got, you got to put your hand in that holy water and, and make the sign of the cross. Um, and where in the Bible does it say that? It doesn't. But it's the largest Christian denomination in the world, and they've been teaching that uh, as their tradition for a long time. They have so many traditions in the Catholic Church that they've, they've accepted now as policy that they always said whatever the Pope said is on equal footing with the Word of God. That's called papal authority. That means if, if the Pope declares it, it's just as valid and binding as whatever Matthew, Mark, and Luke said. Well, that's, that's crazy. That, that's an insult to the inspired scriptures that God has preserved for us. Um, they added something to that. So now they got the Bible. They got whatever every Pope they've ever had said. And they, they have a book called The Traditions of the Fathers. And they teach that, and that is by, for sure, their tradition and not in the Word of God. So some people stick with what they were taught, and if they were taught right, okay, but the chances are um, if you believe there's a real God that wants you to learn, then it would make sense there's a real devil that wants to confuse you and feed you your own information. See, because people love what they love, but they don't love what they don't love. That was too deep for you. If you went to a, a, a drive-thru for a milkshake and they didn't have your favorite kind of milkshake, you just might go with a backup. 
Or you might do what I do. I just drive off and go to the next one. Somebody out there has got a strawberry milkshake. Stop wasting time on that other foolishness. Uh, people want what they want. And that works good in life sometimes, but not when it comes to proper theology. And the third way people try to determine what is right and wrong is some people stick with the Word of God. And I hope that you're in the third category. I hope that you would choose the Word of God over tradition, over what you were first taught, over what doesn't make... Well, I just don't see it that way. You don't have to understand it to embrace it. Sometimes you, you can figure it out. Other times you got to what? Faith it out. By faith. By faith. Why in the world does God want 10% of my money? Uh, that just makes no sense. Does God need money in heaven? He got a vending machine up there serve, serving out Oreo cookies? No. God doesn't need any money. He, but he just said, why 10%? Why not 5%? Some of y'all are like, oh, if he'd have said 5, I'd do. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> Giving is not, not an indicator of how much you have. Giving is an indicator of where your heart is. If, you do, if you're not willing to give God a dime out of a dollar, then, then, then how do you really believe he's going to get your dead body out of the ground and up into heaven? Some things just aren't going to make sense. Why in the world would God say, okay, here's how I'm going to save everybody. I'm going to take on the form of a human being. I'm not going to jump down there fully grown, though. Uh, I'm going to jump down there being born of a virgin. They can call me Emmanuel, God with us. That's God in human form. Live a perfect life in front of them and die. Listen, I tell you all, every time we have communion, if it was my world, my son's not dying for ragged sinners just so they can go to heaven. I mean, how many years are you willing to give up? I mean, we just go down the list. Or, Pete, we wouldn't have came up with that plan for salvation. We'd have came up with something else. Crawl on broken glass from here to Atlanta while singing ABCs backwards. I don't know. We'd have came up with anything other than kill my son. How does that make sense? Oh, well, in your mind, you've got, well, shedding of blood. Shed somebody else's blood. But God said no. That's what he's going to do. And it, it will help you. And I, I've said it so many times, but I want you to understand this because some of you are raising your children wrong. Um, my mama prepared me so well to be in the army and to be in God's kingdom because my mother never had a debate with me. My mother never explained anything to me. My mother never tolerated my, my sass. If I ever said, but why, I got that death look. Because I said so. Now, if you got the courage to answer my mom after that, no, you messed, you, 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 you overvalued yourself at that point. Now, you think you were willing to go to the mattress over it? Please. Uh, but I see parents all the time negotiating with, with these little terrorists. Little Johnny, don't throw the can of green beans at the nice people. But Why? Because they don't want you to throw the green. But why? Because the can is hard and it could hurt them. But why? At some point, everybody just needs to, to get down to reality and say, because I said so. This is why we got a generation of kids right now that are rebellious. This is why we got a generation of kids that are, are committing suicide. We got a generation of kids that don't respect authority. Why? Because if you were allowed to argue back with your mama, there just ain't a lot of hope for you 
moving forward as a productive citizen. You're going, you're going to have to learn some different ways, and we need to learn to stick with the Word of God, listen, even when it hurts our feelings. Well, you don't know what it's like to be this, that, and the other thing and try to embrace this message of Christ. Let me tell you what every man in the room knows. Every man in this room, and I'm going to need y'all's help, brother. Every man in this room that calls himself a Christian knows that God does not want you having premarital sex. Right or wrong? Okay? That don't overjoy no man in this room. We don't like that. We, we'd rather it be different. We, uh, but you know what? We got to say, you know what? That's not how I'd set it up. Because, you know, that's what happens when bodies start slapping from doing the wild thing. Yeah, y'all, listen. Hey, felt that all the way to my feet. When Tone Loke said this, the 80s and Loke's down with the ladies. Uh, listen, but God says, and trust me, dudes, you'll get older eventually. Uh, you, 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 you'll come correct. But there are things in the Bible that are like, well, I, I, I just, that's just too hard for me to accept. I don't, I don't believe I could live that way. Yeah, you can. Well, I'm not going to tell my children that what's right and wrong. I'm just going to let them figure it out for themselves. The Bible says that a child left unto themselves will bring their mother and father to shame. Amen. It's our job to teach the truth. From the word of God, not from what we were taught, not some second, third hand. Well, I don't know, but according to pastor, stop with that already. Stop according to pastor. Don't don't have according to pastor be your theology. According to Proverbs 21, 2. Have chapter and verse for yourself. Romans 3, 4 says that we should let God be true and every man a liar. So what if, what if you're out there and, you know, you, you got... You know, testosterone raging through your body, and, and you're, you're young, and you, you just want to do your thing. Um, do you get a hall pass for the Bible telling you to be holy and abstinent and celibate? Absolutely not. People are like, well, what, you know, that hurts my feelings. Okay. Your mama should have taught you some stuff that hurts your feelings, but you did it anyhow. Nobody ever liked coming home on curfew time. But if you were a good child, you did what you were told, not what made sense to you uh, because you understand God is always right. So it doesn't matter what we think. It doesn't matter what we were taught. It doesn't matter what uh, we prefer or wish was true. God is always right. And this book has declared the word of the Lord. So as we think about baptism, specifically for the next few minutes, uh, let's see what the word has to say and allow the word to be right because I don't ever want you to have what I think as your proof text. I want you to have what the Word says as your proof text. Do you, is that all right with you? All right. Uh, in, in our opening text, I, I read a verse about Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. And I want to look at this passage and allow God to teach us a couple of things that the Ethiopian did. In Acts 8.26, it's so hilarious, by the way, and I get caught on all these side notes because I hear what you're thinking. Um, no, you don't. Sure, I do. No, you don't. See, we're, I'm having a conversation in your head with you right now. <laughs> try, try, being, try being a public speaker for 40 years in a row. You just, you just and, and, and walk close to God and have the gift of discernment. You just hear what people are saying. 
And shame on both of you. I meant that. But it's crazy when militant African-Americans want to go around and try to convince other African-Americans, don't, don't embrace that white man religion, that slave religion, don't, don't, that, that blonde-haired, blue-eyed, that one, there is no blonde-haired, blue-eyed Jesus. I've been telling you that every week for 40 years. Um, Jesus is Middle Eastern. He's dark brown. Uh, no, 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 no fair-skinned, blue-eyed, light-haired person uh, that, that lived in that region. But these people out there telling African-Americans, that's the slave master's religion. Christianity is not the slave master's religion. Christianity started the same place or had its biggest spread in the same place that everything started in Africa. All of the sound doctrine that the body of Christ possesses in 2023 sprang forth from the theology of St. Augustine of Hippo. Do some research. Now, these hillbillies in St. Augustine, Florida, be mad because it's clan central there and as a slave port. They'd be shocked to find out, but it's the truth, that St. Augustine, the greatest theologian in the history of the world, that spread Christianity all over the world was African. Stop, stop believing your militant cousin that says you need to come on over uh, and, and get out of that. Christianity is not a white man's religion. It wasn't started by a white man. It's not just for white people. Christianity is the only true religion that ever is. It was started by a man who's Jewish who said he'd save anybody that believed in him. Amen. But we get this great lesson from this Ethiopian. Guess where Ethiopia is? Africa. Africa is not a country. It's a continent. Um, and in Acts 8.26, it says, As for Philip, the angel of the Lord said to him, Go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. I love what happens in verse 27. This would be great. If your kids responded this way immediately after you took, God said, Go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. Then what happened? So he started out. What if you could just tell your kids, get in there and clean your room, and they just started out cleaning their room? What, what if you didn't have to have, uh, I, I, I cleaned it yesterday? No, no speech is allowed. Uh, you save yourself a lot of time. You start, stop arguing with children and stop trying to explain everything to them, and you will help them greatly by telling them, because I said so. Because here's the reality. I don't care how many safe spaces uh, the educational system provides people. I don't care how many therapy dogs the TSA lets you on a plane with. I don't care how many dogs you bring to your hotel room because you got some, sh- some, some shyster doctor to say that you can't exist without a dog walking. Uh, all that doesn't exist in the real world. Oh, in, in your protected public education, it exists. Yeah, for sure. In your college and university, it exists. If you're triggered, they'll give you a safe space and a timeout. Go get a job and see how that works. Go ahead. Go get a job. Well, I'm triggered right now. I need to go to a safe space. You're fired. We can hire you for all that foolishness. And, and, and we, need, we need to learn how to do what we're told. God told Philip. He started out. And he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, 
the queen, under the Candace, the queen of Ethiopia. A lot of people think Candace is her name, uh, and she may have used that as a name per se, but it is a title more so than a name. So here's this black man. He's went and taken treasure uh, to give in Jerusalem at their worship, and it's not because they love the Lord. Uh, the, the queen of Ethiopia was so rich, she would send people out all over the world to give to every deity just in case she don't offend the wrong one. And I, I know pastors in the city that give to everybody who runs for mayor, they give to their campaign just in case their, their person doesn't win. So this guy had gone to Jerusalem, dumped a bunch of money on him in verse 28, and, now, and he was now returning, seated in his carriage. He was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. This guy has got a hold of a book that's got the words of Isaiah in it, and he's riding back home uh, to Africa, to Ethiopia, and he's reading this book. So first thing I want you to see, he heard the word. This is how you make proper biblical decisions, by doing exactly what the eunuch did. First thing you need to do, you need to hear the word. We have more information available to us at the click of a button. I, listen, I don't know when you got that book of encyclopedias, Mom, but we had a, uh, the little green and white uh, world book of encyclopedia from like 1964, copyright edition. Anybody grow up with encyclopedias in their home? You know why? Because we're old. Um, don't be mad. Anybody bought a set of encyclopedias in the last year? You know why? Because we got Google. Now you got ChatGPT. It was hilarious. I, I, I've told you all for years, I don't buy my sermons. You can buy sermons. There's a book in every bookstore, one of the best-selling books preachers buy. I've never bought it, and I wouldn't. 52 sermons for your coming year's calendar. And, and, and people just lay it out that way, and, and, and they go in. Uh, I would never do this and, and preach out of it, but just for kicks, when I first heard about ChatGPT, I went in there and, and said to ChatGPT, write me a sermon about the deity of Christ with multiple quotations from multiple authors. This thing wrote me a 21-chapter dissertation, and I'm like, well, we sure don't need encyclopedias now. And we got all this information at our hands, but we know less about the Word of God than we've ever known. More likely than not, your great-grandmother knew more Scripture than you do and lived a holier lifestyle. Maybe your grandmother was whack, but uh, we, we know very little about the Bible in today's day and age. So before anyone can come to God for salvation, baptism, or any other thing, it always starts with the Word. Before there was a book, there was a voice. Before there was a world, there was a voice. God's word has always been preeminent. In Psalm 138.2, a verse we use a lot here, uh, for thou hast magnified thy word above thy name. You might say that you love God, but if you don't exalt the word of God and think it's worth your time to read every day, then you are doing a great disservice because he said he exalted his word above his name. Everything that we can be sure of scripturally is found inside this book. Nothing 
contains the truth that this book contains. Jesus said in Matthew 34, 24, 35, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Let's jump back into our text in Acts. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk along beside the carriage. <laughs> Man, I, I, I wish everybody's kids and church members could, could be like this dude, Philip. It, God told him what to do immediately. Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, do you understand what you're reading? Now, that's a trick question. Because if you read enough of this book, guess what? You're going to understand something you don't read. I mean, you're going to read something you don't understand. I got my merge switched. If you read enough Bible, you're going to come across some stuff, and you're like, man, I have no idea what that means. And you can do what a lot of people do. You can make up your own theory on the fly. That's horrible. You can consult somebody who isn't educated uh, in understanding Scripture and ask them their, for their advice, and their advice is probably you know, right there in line with yours. Or you can do what the, what the Ethiopian eunuch did. He, he said, do you understand what you're reading? In verse 31, the eunuch replied, how can I unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. This is my desire for all of you that want to share Christ with your family, all of you that want to uh, see your children, grandchildren, aunts, uncles, nieces, whatever, get truly saved. I wish you'd follow God so closely that they start asking you, uh, come up here and sit with me and explain the Bible to me. Because that shows openness. That shows receptivity. That shows that they're willing for you to speak into their life. Because I can promise you this. You start speaking into the life of family members and close friends about Scripture, and they didn't ask you to speak to them, it's going to come a point where they're like, uh, enough with that. Okay, I got it. You nagged long enough, move on. But when they invite you to teach them, it's a different level of receptivity. In verse 32, the passage of Scripture he had been reading was this. He was like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb is silent before the shears, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? And in verse 35, so beginning with the same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. When you read the Bible, if you don't understand it, you need to call somebody. You need to do some research. And I'm not talking about researching new stuff. Listen, if you come across some new idea that the body of Christ has not embraced for eons, then you've come up with the wrong thing because the Scripture says for itself there's nothing new under the sun. What was is still. And we, your theology needs to be rooted in the Bible, which is an unchanging, eternal book so he heard the word then sec secondly he listened to somebody preach to him the Ethiopian eunuch understood what many people today fail to understand we all need to be taught the word of God but I can figure it out for myself really okay uh next time you go to a dentist uh tell him don't tell me what what's wrong with my teeth you just give me the x-rays and I'll figure them out myself and what I want to do to my mouth well that's I wouldn't mess with my teeth that's too important but your salvation is less no. See, you, you, you expect experts to have the answer. You expect people who have given their life to certain disciplines to have the answer. And fortunately, the Ethiopian eunuch 
uh, knew he needed to be taught the Word of God. Most people today, well, I know Scripture too. Uh, be careful. It don't happen to you what happened to Miriam and Aaron when Moses' sister walked up to him and said, Oh, you do all the talking? You think God? you're the only person God talks to? God talks to us too. Cursed with leprosy. Don't, don't, don't put yourself in that position unjustly. We all need to be taught. There's no one that doesn't need to. Every pastor, apostle, bishop, everybody needs to be taught the truth of the word of God. And that's why the Bible says God gave gifts to the church. Now, when spiritual gifts are talked about, it's like he gave you the gift to do this. But when office gifts are talked about, these, aren't, these are gifts that he gave to the church at large to benefit us. In Ephesians 4.11, the Bible says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. I hear people say all the time, mm, I'm, I'm, I'm about God, but I don't do organized religion. Oh, you mean the way Jesus did it? You mean the way the Bible does it? You mean the way the apostles did it? The Bible says that our faith is built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Jesus being the chief cornerstone. Jesus went to church all the time. The apostles went to church all the time. They went to midday prayer at, at the church all the time. They were told to set up deacons and elders in every city and, and, and to start churches in every village and location. And now we got a bunch of people saying, well, I'm spiritual, but <laughs> I'm not religious. Uh, that's code for, I hate Jesus, and I don't want to hear your junk. Mm, Y'all getting quiet on me. That's how I know it's the truth. We all need people to teach us. And if you ever get to the place where you think that you know more than anybody and there's no one left to teach you, uh, you've missed it. Because here's the reality. If you look hard enough, you could learn something from anything and anyone. You could learn something from the youngest child or the oldest person if you're receptive to learning. Most people are like, hmm, I ain't going to listen to her. I ain't going to listen to him. I got my own thoughts. Let me ask you what Dr. Phil asks. How's that working out for you? Mm-hmm. Everybody needs someone to teach them. Romans 10, 13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Verse 14 says, how then shall they call on him in whom they not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Everybody needs to hear the word of God. Everybody needs to hear the gospel story. The preacher doesn't have to be someone whose occupation is full-time pastor. Every one of us have been called to go out and make disciples. Every one of us have been called to go out and speak for Jesus. Listen, back in our text in Acts 8.36, it says, As they rode along, they came to some water. Now, remember, get the context. Here's a non-believer, the Ethiopian eunuch. He didn't give that we know of his money. We definitely know he gave uh, the queen's money to a worship service in Jerusalem. He's reading into this religion that he self-admits he doesn't fully understand. The Bible says Philip started with the scripture he was in in Isaiah, and then he preached Christ out of it. I don't know how much he preached and how much uh, volume that he covered, but 
We come to verse 36, and the eunuch says, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? This was an intelligent person. This was somebody who's, whose brain worked in a right way. Uh, he, he's asking questions that make sense. Uh, there's another. I told you, there's so much stuff that we've embraced. Well, we need to speak truth to power. You don't speak truth to your neighbor. But, but you, you want an audience with the White House to correct every? No. We, we hear these phrases, and we, we, we just we, we get detached from reality. Uh, some, one of those phrases is, well, there's no stupid question. Uh, yeah, there is. A bunch of them. I don't have time to tell you all the dumb ones. Uh, I, I, I'll, just, I'll start with Ava. Ava, if you ask your mother, can you shave your head bald um, and go off to a hippie convention for five years and peace, love, and drugs, sleeping outside in the rain, uh, do you think your mom's going to have a legitimate conversation with you about that? No, why? Because that's a stupid question. Am I right, Mom? That's just a dumb question. Be asking people dumb questions. This, uh, you're telling your little children, well, Johnny, you can be anything you want to be. <laughs> you're leaving tomorrow, so I've got to pick on you while you're here. <laughs> My kids, I'm just this much under 5'10". The Army said I'm 5'10". I'm about 5'9 and a half now. My, both my sons are shorter than me, okay? Under the guise, the stupid guise of children can grow up to be whatever they want to be. All right, now you know about basketball. This young man is, is, is a basketball player. He's going to be playing some semi-pro basketball uh, uh, over in Europe. I just go ahead and believe that. Um, and if I would have told my sons that are shorter than me, uh, I got about a, a half-inch vertical. They can jump about the same height that I can jump. If somebody would have taught me, uh, well, you need to support your children's dreams, and whatever they want to be, they can be it. If one of my kids, shorter than me, with a less than two-inch vertical, came to me and said, Dad, do you think I could ever play the five for the Los Angeles Lakers? He's laughing. Should I have encouraged that? No. They can't play the one. They can't, they can't play any position for the Los Angeles Lakers. Well, you just squash and drink. No. I'm not having stupid conversations with people. There's lots of dumb questions. Dad, do you think I... No, probably not, son. Let, let's talk about what you can do. You can make A's in school. Now, work on that. No stupid question. This guy's asking good questions. In verse 37, then Philip said... Here's the question. Why can't I be baptized? There, there, there goes some water. Why can't I be baptized? Well, Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. See, not only did he listen to what was being preached, he confessed wholehearted belief in Jesus. And the reason why he had to do that before he got baptized, before the apostle was willing to baptize him with, is because salvation has to come first. Now, I don't know about you, but I walked now several times as a kid, 
prayed what the preacher said to pray. Never really took hold in me. I didn't get saved like that, but I got baptized. Uh, and then when I got really saved and the pastor asked me, uh, you know, are you going to sign up for baptism this month? I, I felt, you know, so accomplished uh, in my brand new religion. I said, oh, no, sir, I've already been baptized. I took care of that uh, in the third grade. He laughed. He said, yeah, that's not something to take care of, son. And uh, if, if you've made a recent salvation decision, he gave me great verbiage. He said, you need to get your baptism on the proper side of your salvation. And the eunuch tried to jump, jump the shark. He tried to get, get into the water before he confessed salvation and wholehearted belief in Jesus. If you don't know, learn anything, learn this. Salvation comes before baptism. If you've had a baptism, if you've had a salvation experience uh, since the last time you've been baptized or you've never been baptized, you can only be biblically baptized after salvation. That's why I had to get baptized again because I needed to get my baptism on the proper side. Verse 38 says he ordered the carriage to stop and they went down into the water and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away and the eunuch never saw him again but went on his way rejoicing. Uh, that's real live teleportation right there, all you, all you Star Trek fans. Y'all check that out later. So he, uh, fourth thing, he went down into the water and was baptized. Didn't get sprinkled, didn't get splashed, didn't get poured on. He went down into the water and was baptized. And he came up out of the, that's the only real baptism there is, going under the water and coming up out of the water. Anything else is not biblical. So my question to you is, have you done what the Ethiopian did? Have you heard the word? Have you been taught the word? Have you confessed wholehearted belief in Jesus? And have you been baptized by immersion or dunked? Because as Christians, we follow Jesus. We don't, we don't follow denominations. We don't follow humans. We follow Jesus Christ and the teaching of the Bible. In Matthew 3.13, the Bible says, Then Jesus went out from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized of John. Now, contextually, you got to understand, John and Jesus are cousins. John is older than Jesus. John's mama and Jesus' mama were cousins. And they talked to each other. Jesus' mother went and stayed for months with John's mother to tell her all the great things she had found out since she got pregnant by the Holy Spirit and that she was going to have the Messiah. John heard these stories his whole life. He knew exactly who Jesus was. And in verse 14, the Bible says, but John tried to talk him out of it, tried to talk Jesus out of it. And he's like, hey, I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you. So why are you coming to me? Listen to verse 15 carefully. Then, but Jesus said, it should be done. For we must carry out all that God requires. They're talking about baptism. They're talking about being baptized by immersion. They're talking about getting dunked, going under the water, coming up out of the water. John's trying to back up and say, hey, if anything. And he said, no, this must be done because God requires it. Now, if God required Jesus to be baptized, do you think God requires you to be baptized? Mm. He that has ears to hear, let him hear. And in verse 16, after his baptism, as Jesus came out of the water, get this, all you baptizing folk, I'm going to close. Uh, get this, all you people that need to be baptized. I want you to know there is a miracle that happens when you receive biblical baptism. It's been captured on film by some. Uh, we, we've seen people come up 
uh, with, with, with such a glow and a presence on their face, it was obvious that the Spirit of God was resting on them. Don't, don't just take my word for it. Dina, have, 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 have we seen that in pictures? Just God's presence. Just listen, here's what's going to happen to you if you choose to get baptized in biblical fashion. That doesn't mean you got to get baptized here. That doesn't mean you got to get baptized by me. You just got to get baptized in biblical fashion because here is what happens because God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And in verse 16, after his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved Son who brings me great joy. Now I want to tell you something. If you ever choose to get baptized by immersion because you've already confessed Jesus is the Son of God and you've already been born again, you already believe, because Philip made it clear, what's the prereq to getting baptized? You first got to believe with your whole heart. And once, once that happened, listen to what you can expect to happen for you. When you come out of the water, God's going to open the heavens. And God's Spirit is going to descend on you in a unique way. And in a way that's uncontrovertible. It's going to descend on you in a way that you won't even understand. And He's going to settle on you. And then God is going to say the same thing about you that He said about Jesus. That's my kid. Who brings me great joy. See, this is what I know for sure. Every child wants to please their parent. Every good kid. And every Christian ought to want to bring our Heavenly Father great joy. And I promise you on the authority of the Word of God, if you meet the biblical requirements for baptism and you willingly go under that water and come up out of that water, God is going to anoint you for His purpose and you are going to give God joy. I've had people say, well, Pastor, I don't know if I can fit in that little box. Trust me on this. We baptized J.J. in that box. Uh, if, if you're bigger than J.J., you, uh, we, we'll get you too. Um, he's wrong for what he did, though. Oh, you see, He laughed. He was, and now, he was laughing when he came up because he knew. Well, well, well we, 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 let's just be, be, you know, discreet but honest. We, we're talking above 300 pounds. Yeah. 6'3"? Three? 380? Uh, somewhere in there. Uh, he knew. Because I got to stand right next to it. I'm belly to box on that thing. Because I got to lean in. He understands the displacement of water. He, he understands math and mass. He understands energy. He, un he understands that if he throws himself backwards as hard as he can, that his 350 plus is going to do something to that water. And guess where all the water went? On the preacher. And then the concrete. But even, even still... You know what God had to say about Jeff Harris on that day? Now, I wasn't saying this about him. God said, that's my son. And 
he brings me a lot of joy. Some of y'all don't even remember the last time one of your children brought you joy. Oh, but you videoed. You always took lots of pictures of that first kid. Second kid. Uh, we got to, Everybody that, that's of age with, with technology, uh, they got the kid's first bath on video. First step. First word. First day in preschool. First day in kindergarten. Graduating from kindergarten. Graduating from first grade. Graduating from second All that. Those joyful moments. Some of you can't remember when the last time one of your children brought you great joy. But let's close with it this way. When's the last time you brought your heavenly father great joy? This is a way. It's not the only way, but this is a way. Some people think they got to get baptized to go to heaven. Baptism is a sign of identification. When John was baptizing people in, in the Jordan, people would come in and say, I'm with that message. Baptism is tied to the word identify. I identify with what he's saying, and I'm all in. I'm, 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 I'm dying to that old, old life, and I'm coming alive to the new life. It's a picture of death, burial, and resurrection. Can, can you go to heaven by being baptized? No, there's not enough chlorine uh, in, 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 in no water system to wash away sin. You get baptized in every hole of water between here and California and tell all the fish know you by first name and that, none of that will wash away your sins. The Bible says that only by the blood of Jesus Christ can we have forgiveness of sins. But getting baptized is not going to save you. Ephesians 2.8 says God saved you by his grace when you believed. Period. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. You're not going to be able to get to heaven and say, let me in because I got baptized and I'm special. No, everybody gets in heaven the same way. Either your name's written down in God's book of people who have been born again or it's not. So you can't go to heaven. Baptism won't save you. We're all the children of God by faith, not by baptism. Can you go to heaven without being baptized? Many people say no. We understand, of course you can. The thief on the cross, Jesus told him, this day you will be with... When he confessed that Jesus was Lord and confessed that he believed Jesus was a king that had a coming kingdom, and he's asked, please remember me, Lord, when you come in your kingdom, Jesus said, this day you'll be with me in paradise. He didn't say, oh, man, mm, I sure wish I could have led you to salvation, but we ain't got no water up here on this cross, so you're out of luck. No, salvation's not. Baptist, salvation's not conditional on baptism. We don't get baptized to be saved. We get baptized because we are saved, and we're not ashamed of it. And the Bible says, whosoever believes in him should not be ashamed. And it is a great way to follow the life teaching of Jesus Christ and to get God to say, I see you. You need to make sure that you've been biblically Baptized. So when should someone get baptized? After salvation. That's why we don't baptize babies. Why should someone get baptized? Because Jesus was. Last scripture I'm going to read. Romans 6 in verse 3 says, Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Baptism identifies you with the death of Christ. Figuratively. Now, I told you, you got to take the Bible literally when you can. 
But did you die on the cross with Jesus literally or figuratively? Figuratively is the answer. Study it out for yourself. In verse 4, therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. I believe that when someone gets baptized, God opens up heaven, smiles on them, anoints them for greater purpose, and they give him joy. And they walk in a new life. It's the first step of true Christian obedience. It's an outward sign, a visual illustration of what God has done on the inside of you. And if you've never died to your old way of life and come alive to Jesus, you're not ready to get baptized. You're ready to get saved. If you're here and you're not saved, the Bible says all you got to do is call on the Lord. He'll save you. Well, I did that several times. It didn't work for me. I finally uncovered why. Because God told Jeremiah, you can only find me when you search for me with your whole heart. And if you ever get to the place where you want God more than you want anything else, you're ready for salvation. And if you ever get to the place where you've truly been saved, you're ready for biblical baptism. We're going to do that next Sunday night. And I want everybody that can, can be there to be there. Sign up. Come if you didn't sign up. Wear something to get wet. Bring a towel. Had somebody ask me this week, Pastor, I got baptized uh, after I got saved, but it was when I was younger, and uh, I didn't understand it fully, and I didn't, I didn't, you know, it, it, it wasn't that, that special to me. Can, can I get baptized? Absolutely. Absolutely. Baptism don't save you anyway, so we're not messing with somebody's salvation. Uh, it, it's just a public declaration that says I'm all in times 10 I'm, 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 I'm going under this water uh, the old me and I'm coming up to live a brand new lifestyle so if, if you say well I, I know some churches you got to get baptized again just to join their church we don't believe in that but it but it listen if you didn't get a baptismal certificate we got baptismal certificates for everybody getting baptized Sunday night you're welcome to join or come along and celebrate with us but more importantly I hope that you know for sure that you have been born again by the life-changing power of the Holy Spirit. I hope you know that you're truly saved because all these things won't matter in eternity. They do matter right now because we want to be His children that bring Him joy. Pray with me. God, thank You for Your Word. God, I thank You for sending Jesus to be our perfect example. Lord, I thank You for teaching us what You'd have us to know. God, I... Thank you for baptism, for a, a way that we can declare outwardly what you've done inwardly. And God, I ask you, Lord, to guide us to be those children and bring you great joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast. And visit us on the web at AOCFnow.com. Org. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to AOCFnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people.